Hello, Crossroads friends. Uh, back here on Friday night, April 3rd. I just wanted to share another session with you guys. Uh, we've talked about, I've shared with you where the Lord has brought me and why I do what I do and what God has called me into. And uh, I shared with you where I was before I met Christ, when I met Christ, and what He's doing in my life right now personally and I want to go over a, a passage that one of the when I became a believer in Christ I was taught these two verses from Ephesians chapter 2 uh, verses 8 and 9 and it says for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves it is a gift of God not as a result of works so that no man may boast I heard that and I, I realized that 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 there's no there's nothing in me that I can save myself there's nothing in me in which I can I can come to uh, I, I just can't I can't do anything I can't pay anything back to God for my sins only the gift grace is a is it's in the Greek it's it's um, uh, translated means gift um, and it is it's a gift from God and that gift is Christ Jesus and why he came on this earth and why he he lived and why he went to the cross for the sins not just for for us as believers but for the sins of the whole world that John writes in his epistle in first John um, that that's what Christ came and he did and there's nothing I can do there because if there was I would be boasting and God doesn't want arrogance he deposes the proud but it gives grace to the humble and so those those two verses I learned real quick and they were they were notched into me uh, as a new believer in Christ and so um, and but whatever works I do now as a believer in Christ it's out of love it's because he it's because he has put burned a desire in me to do those things I want to do those things now it's not anything like a checklist that I am checking off a list and fulfilling some kind of requirement that's not it at all that is empty and it's vain and we want to do something that is lasting and uh, and permanent and so whatever works that a believer does in his faith it is something that's done out of love so um, but that passage uh, those two verses um, meant a lot to me and I uh, I I learned what those two ver what those verses were about but verse 10 later in my life as I read this this is what really meant a lot to me for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them see God has prepared for us when we give our lives to Christ and it's and Christ is that foundation that our life is built off of when we turn from our sins and we give our lives to Christ he is the foundation and it is built off that and those good works that are 
that we that I just mentioned that we build off of, God's prepared for us to walk in them. He has He has made a plan. He has given me direction for my life. You know, there are four things that build a Christian worldview. First of all, we have to know where we came from, which is why I do the studies in Genesis, because I believe there's a lot of people who don't have any knowledge or any, any understanding about, about where they're going or where they've come from to know where they're going. And that's the second one is to know where we're going. But to know that there is a direction that God has put us on, that he has set us a course that we can guide and, and he is guiding us and leading us in this direction, that is ultimate and that is so important because I, be, I don't believe that life, a life that is in Christ is a bunch of random events. You know, Paul tells us that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. We have to realize that when, when we give our lives to Christ, that whatever things may happen, whatever trial or triumph that we deal with and whatever we go through, we know that God is with us through those things in what we're dealing with and that we are his workmanship. So you have to know where you came from. You have to know where you're going. And then the third thing, you have to realize that there is a lawgiver. Somebody has put, a, put laws and standards in place for us to follow. Uh, for example, the idea of, of you know, murder being a criminal offense and stealing being criminal offenses, that's just not dreamed up in the human mind. God ordained that and he passed those things down to us, not to mention other things that, that can catapult into that. For example, I, I'll tell, talk to students all the time about this. If you'll give me some latitude here, I don't want to wonder. But for example, talking about law, coveting is such an issue. That is such a problem. It, I mean, it really can be. We think, oh, that's just some small sin. No, it, it cannot. It can really blow up into something uh, catastrophic. For example, if I want somebody, this, I, I want a particular car or truck, it's not the, just something that's on a lot. I want a, a guy, this guy's truck or this guy's car. I'll go to any length to try to get his car or truck. I will car, I'll, there'll be a carjacking or a, not just theft, but maybe a murder for that if I don't get a handle on that. And so I think that's really important for us to understand that, that God has set in place law. So, so where we are going or where we've come from, number one, number two, where we are going, and number three, that, that there is a God who is a lawgiver. And the fourth thing, who gives purpose and meaning to life? I will deal with all four of these a whole lot more uh, as we go through some of our lessons because it's it's fascinating because people, it just seems like people do not see the purpose and meaning in life. If you can't grasp where you're going, if you can't grasp where you've come from, if you can't grasp that there's somebody in charge and sovereign over all these things, how can you find that there's purpose and meaning in life?
because we are his workmanship and we've been created to do good works which God set this up beforehand for us to walk in them that is fascinating and it's it's mind-boggling to me that God does what he does through somebody like me of all people and so when I recognize his workmanship I even look at those early days of creation there's a lot of debate in a lot of evangelical circles about the age of the earth and the universe there are some Christians who believe that that the earth was is um, there's there, there's a gap theory or that there's you know millions of years to things and 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 uh, me I'm a little bit I'm I'm more of a literal person I believe that a day is a day and uh, I believe that uh, I don't believe there's been any this this gap in time or anything I believe that it's a very young earth I believe that this earth is anywhere between six and ten thousand years old I really do in this universe I don't believe that that this earth and universe I don't believe there's that l long a period or length of time personally but I'm not gonna fight with people over that because I believe that uh, but I don't believe that that we should fight or argue I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna do that I don't think that's I think there's bigger things for us to deal with but but as I teach and as I look at Genesis and I see what the Lord does I, I think we can all agree with this God has order in which he does things and and how he does things um, when he created he, you know for plants you know photosynthesis for plants to create and and uh, create energy and food first of all you got to have sunlight and then you bring water and um, and how he how he brought vegetation before he brought the the uh, land the, the land animals and mammals and the birds and how he put created the oceans and and put water on the earth then he put the fish and the sea mammals out there God is orderly God is orderly in how he does things and I see I see how all this is his workmanship and how he puts things together and and we'll again we'll talk more about this in Genesis 1 as we go through this but one of the things that he he it's like the Lord just kind of looks back and he says and it was good it brought pleasure to him as he saw what he was creating like oh that is awesome that is good and then at the end of chapter one there's a phrase and it was and he saw that it was really good in other words almost like God shows excitement to what he sees when he when he finishes his creation and and everything before him he, he looks at the universe and the earth and he sees what all is happening he just it, it's his workmanship at work and what he does and with the circumstances that we've had and the and over the past month with the limited um, groups and how we can't gather in large groups and and uh, you know I, I just see a handful of people during the course of the day and the week and the week the work week and things like that 
I've had an opportunity to work in my yard and to work on my garden. I've created a compost bin. You didn't ask for all this, but I'm trying to explain to you or tell you that I've had an opportunity to really do some serious work and, and really do a good job you know, in uh, growing our, our, we love tomatoes, so I grow a lot of tomatoes and different kinds of tomatoes. And um, so I've been preparing the garden and I've actually, I've never planted this early, first of April, but I planted some tomatoes and uh, and I put, put everything, I put straw around everything and around the plants and develop them and everything. And then I sat back and I thought, man, I've never seen the garden look this good. We got a compost bin. We fixed an area that really looks nice. And, and uh, we uh, pressure washed our patio. We've never seen it look this good. Our backyard looks great. And and my, now my wife is involved in this too. She does a tremendous job. She's a hard worker. It's like we look back and we're thinking, man, the garden, the compost bin, the backyard, the patio, everything looks great. It looks awesome. It's exciting to see that. Just a small analogy about what I think about, as excited as I am about something like that, it's exciting to know that God does a work in us we are his workmanship. When we yield ourselves to him, when we surrender to what he wants for us, when, when, when we go through a trial and God calls us to persevere and to go through things, we are his workmanship. He is going to do a work through us in the midst of that trial and that, and that suffering that we may be going through and struggle that we may be dealing with. I think about I've I've had the opportunity um, when I uh, I've been I've been pedaling a bicycle a stationary bicycle for the last six months. Um, I'm 54 years old. I know I need to do these things and stay. I want to stay in good shape if I'm if I'm going to go and and do things and be a part. Of, of you know, I've got a grandson now. I want to be able to to see him more. And I got to be in good shape for my children. Well, with that said, it's really good to know that you can use your Roku and find a documentary or a good movie and pedal for an hour, hour and a half. I watched the most fascinating documentary about a man and his testimony after World War II in Romania. And his name was, it was Richard uh, Wormbrand. It's called Tortured for Christ, and that was that was actually a book that he wrote about what he went through, and he talks about the many different men that uh, that he come in contact with as they were put in prison camps by the communists, and how he suffered and struggled, and the other believers in Christ that for their faith they suffered, and many of them martyred. They died in prison camps. As a matter of fact, Richard and his wife Sabina, they were placed in separate camps and they suffered. Their son was an orphan during this time. But you know what? They counted it all joy 
and they knew who they were suffering they knew they were suffering for Christ and they saw good things in all that they endured I remember my mentor and former pastor brother Wayne he would say that perseverance is not you gritting your teeth and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps to uh, just I'm going to make it I'm going to survive this there's a little bit of that but the main thing here's what that means it means you're going to attach yourself to those circumstances you're going to get up under the authority of those circumstances you're going to attach yourself to that and endure it yeah. you're not treading water you're not doing that you just keep moving forward you keep moving forward we are his workmanship we are his workmanship you know I think about when uh, I was 16 years old I had been a Christian for one year oh I just thought when I gave my life to Christ everything's gonna change it's gonna be great and good and what a forecast ahead I've given my life to Christ that's where the real battle begins that's where the struggle begins that's when you realize what sin is that's when you realize what temptation is when I was 16 uh, and that's the summer before my junior year of high school I contracted hepatitis A which was at that time called infectious hepatitis I got it from like maybe unstable you know, um, unsterile or unsanitized, uh, um, uh, maybe uh, uh, food utensils like a fork or a spoon. And uh, but I got I got sick in the summer. I knew when I started running a fever, I was like, "That's a, that's weird. That's unusual." And I didn't want to do anything. And I was always doing something. I was always active. And it was at it was at the end of June when I got sick, and I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, "Hey, there's something viral going on inside of you. I mean, we don't know yet." And then I went to an internal medicine medical doctor, an internist, and he said, "Hey, I'm gonna, we're gonna want you to meet me at the hospital the next morning." And, he said, hey, you, I'm going to check you out. I think you've got hepatitis. And sure enough, I lost like 40 pounds. I weighed 185 pounds. I dropped to 145. I was so I was very thin. It was amazing that I played basketball my junior year. I was tired all the time. Even after I got better and, and, and was, was able to play, I was still not very strong. I was... Um, I didn't feel I did I just didn't feel like I could do anything I was after ball games I'd go home I just I just go to bed after practice I'd go home go to bed I mean I was always sleeping during that time I was just tired and fatigued but I remember during that whole deal I thought I thought okay I'm scared to death I'm having all these issues going on in my body 
I got jaundice running all over me, yellow skin, whites of my eyes are yellow. I got this lump under my throat. I'm losing 40 pounds. I'm thinking, what is going on with me? And I remember I had gone to a Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, camp that summer. And the theme that summer was James 1.12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which has been promised to those who love him. I'll never forget that. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which has been promised to those who love him. I just kept clinging to that verse during that whole ordeal. All that I was going through, everything that I had to deal with, I just was like, that just kept staying with me. That just stayed with me. And it's internal in me now when I think about it. We are his workmanship. We are his workmanship. And then the next year, the next out that next year, I was, or, or let me, let me back up just a little bit. After that season, after my junior season, with all that I went through and, and with my athletics, I got in the weight room. I worked out like nobody's business. I worked hard. I was going to make myself a better basketball player. I was going to get stronger. My upper body, I was just going to curl and bench press. And just nobody's going to throw, throw me around like a rag doll. I was just going to play hard and I was going to get after people. And I remember in that spring, we had a spring scrimmage. I'll never forget this. We go up around Knoxville and we had a scrimmage and I gave this guy a ball fake, you know, just like I was going to just go up with it. This big six, six guy that was guarding me, he fell on me and I fell awkward and I heard my knee pop. My first instinct was, this is not good. And I thought, well, I'll ice my knee down and I'll get back out and play later. And, and when I got back out there, a week later, we had we practiced for a little bit. And I made a move lateral. And all of a sudden, my knee went out again. And, and I thought, okay, it's time to go see a doctor. We, sure enough, I went to see a surgeon. He said, hey, you have torn your ACL. And I have, I have scars on my knee. Uh, about 18 inches on on one side and about 18 to 20 inches on the other side. I mean, where where they did reconstructive surgery on my knee. I was able to come back and play half of my senior season of basketball because I loved the game. I loved the game. I loved playing it. But I also learned about perseverance and I also learned about endurance and getting through things. And and I just I've just learned this over time that I have to come to grips with this, that we are his workmanship. We are his. And I I'm afraid that, that everybody has painted Christianity as some kind of warm, fuzzy feeling all the time. And it's just some ecstatic and mystical experience. And that's, that's not true at all. It is, it is about a relationship that God is yearning for us to have with him. 
He is seeking us out. He is constantly reaching out to us daily on an ongoing basis because he wants to do a work in us. He wants to do a work in us. Let me finish by saying this. I'm talking about this. This in this in these same prison epistles that Paul writes. Paul talks about talks about you know God doing a work in us and through us. He talks about he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it to that day. Oh, here it is. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Philippians. In Philippians. For I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And he will. He will be faithful. He will be faithful to complete that in us. Folks, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your patience. Uh, thank you for the privilege of, of sharing with you. Um, please leave comments uh, if you have any questions about anything. Um, thank you for the privilege of, of, of speaking and sharing. And uh, I pray that you will be his workmanship because he is. if you are his workmanship and you are in him, he has created you for good works that he's prepared beforehand that you would walk in them. And that's what he's got for each of us and all that we go through. There is a purpose and meaning in what we deal with. Nothing is random. Nothing is by accident. It's all by his cause and what he's got for us. God bless you and may the Lord richly bless you in Jesus Christ for he is our way. He is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through Christ. God bless you.